0: Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, pastor of Legacy Church here in Green Mountain Falls. Colorado. We're so glad you're taking the time to tune into the broadcast today. I hope you're ready for a word from the word, from the Lord, and something that'll change the way you think, change the way you believe. And if you will change the way you think and what you believe about God, it'll change the way your life goes. It'll change the outcome of your life. And one of the big assignments that we believe is on this ministry, on our lives, Sarah, my wife and I, our family, the staff of this ministry, the congregation of this church, is to serve this generation with the Word of God. Teach them how to live by faith in the day of grace and to teach them how to experience a whole life prosperity. You know what whole life prosperity is? That's prospering spirit, soul, and body. And you might need to rewire the way you think about that word prosperity. I mean, for so many people, that's become a dirty word. What a strange world we live in when the word prosperity Is a dirty word. And there are people that fight the so-called prosperity gospel. And I'll tell you, listen, I I think that I don't even know what that term means. I think it's something people made up. But what is for sure is that when you look into what the gospel is, prosperity is all the way through it. But if I say the word prosperity and the only thing you think of is money, then you need to have your mind renewed according to the word of God. Because what we're talking about is a whole life prosperity. That's prospering in every area of your life, beginning in your spirit, overflowing in your soul, finally showing up in your body. That would be the material, even financial world, anything that can be seen or felt. And that is in the word of God. And I want to remind you of a scripture we looked at on last week's broadcast. It's from the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. And this whole book of Nehemiah has been really special to us over the last couple of years, especially as we've been building this property fixing it on the outside, going to work on the inside. And, and God's done amazing things. I could take just a second here, show you a few before and afters of the sanctuary and the, the outside. It was just a dirt parking lot. And now we've got a beautiful parking lot where people can park without having to walk in the snow and the mud. And all of that is the goodness of God. And none of that happens without God prospering us. This is, this is prosperity. This is increase. And it's in the word of God. And I want to read this to you again from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. And when the call and assignment, the vision of God that came alive on the inside of Nehemiah to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the gates, And he began to make that vision known. There were people that got excited about it, joined him in it. Then there were others that laughed at him. And that's what he ran into here in chapter 2. He talked to some folks about it and they said in verse 19 that they laughed at him, despised him. Said, what are you doing? What are you thinking you're going to do? This is how he answered him in verse 20. And this is how you need to learn to answer any voice of doubt. Any voice that's contrary to the vision and the assignment that you know you have from God on your life, on your business, on your family, your church or your ministry, this is your answer right here. You ready? Verse 20. He said, I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us and we, his servants, will arise and build. Man, I believe the Lord's saying something here to us. We keep talking about this, talked about it last week, talking about it again now. The God of heaven himself will prosper us. What's that mean? It means we have no other source. We're not putting pressure on any other person. We're not putting pressure on this world or its system. I don't look to the congregation of this church as my source. I don't look to the viewers of Legacy Television as my source. I don't look to the partners of Pearson's Ministries International as my source. The God of heaven himself will prosper me. The God of heaven himself will prosper me. And because he's the one prospering us, what are we doing? We're rising. We're getting up and we are building. And look, this is what's happened. Take a look at this. God has been so, so faithful. And we've made amazing progress, miraculous progress over the last couple of years. Like we've said, it was was a place that needed a whole lot of love, needed a whole lot of work, needed a whole lot of money. And it's gotten all of those things over the last couple of years. And here we are now. And we're coming to the end of this part of the project. We've been in faith together for months and years in a 30,000 square foot facility, believing God for $100 a square foot. There was a time we didn't have any of that. But now... Now we are almost 100% complete. We're up over 96% right now. Even by the time you see this, we'll be even further along than that. So in this part of the project, there's really only about 1,000 square feet or so left to go. So now's a good time to get involved in it. There will be more work to do in the future, but I, I'm, I, am, I am getting my shout ready. You know what I mean by that? I am getting my, my shout ready to go because I can see it. This thing's only got a few more days left in it before we are totally 100% complete uh, in this part of the project. And our whole goal all along has been to uh, get this place in condition to where we can open it up. And glory to God, we have. Since December of 2020, we've been having services in here and the word of the Lord's been good and the worship has been sweet and, and we're open. Glory to God, we're open. And so I'm getting my shout ready. I want you to get your shout ready. I want you to start practicing your shout, start practicing your praise because I'm going to stand on this platform and look into this camera not very many days from now and I'm going to report to you, we are 100% complete. And when I do, man, we are going to shout together. This church is going to shout. These partners are going to shout. And, and you could go ahead and shout now if you want to. I mean, you got to practice, right? And, and that's what faith does. Faith will shout while the walls are still up. And, and that's what we're doing. Glory to God. He has been so faithful. So a little bit of time left to get involved in this project. And that's what seed sowing says. Did you know your, your sowing says something? What does your seed sowing say? <laughs> that's a lot of S's. Your seed sowing says, the God of heaven will prosper me. Your seed sowing says, he's my source. I have no other source. I look to him. All my faith is in him and the God of heaven will prosper me. And when he does, I will arise and I will build. So you want to get involved right now with what's going on here at Legacy Church and Pearson's Ministries International, then jump on in with us. We're loving it. We're having the time of our lives. A number of ways you can get involved. If you're watching inside the United States, you can text your offering. Just text the keyword LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950. Or if you'd like to give online, you can do that as well at pearsonsministries.com. Or if you'd like to write a check, you can do that, make it payable to Pearsons Ministries. Use the address that you see right now on your screen. Glory to God, he's been so good. Right now I want to take you back into a message that we began on last week's broadcast, talking about paying, Attention. Now, all of this is coming out of a series that we were in here in the church called Reverence on the Rise. As our reverence and our honor for God and the things of God comes up, it's like a door that opens wider and wider for Him to manifest Himself through. Do you want to know God better than you've ever known Him? Do you want Him to be more real to you than He's ever been? You want Him to show up in ways, more powerful ways than He's ever shown up before? Well, As your honor and reverence for him comes up, that door gets opened wider and wider and wider and he can pour himself through it more and more and more. And our paying attention, giving him our attention as he speaks is one of the practical ways that our reverence for him comes up. That's what we're talking about today. So let's jump back into that message. Watch this, then I'll be back at the end of this broadcast. He is big and he is bigly to be praised. That's the fear of the Lord. And these people were walking in it. In other words, it wasn't just a Sunday thing. It wasn't something they put on right before they walked in the front door of the church. This was every day, all day. They lived with this awareness of the reality of God and the bigness of God. And God was showing it to them. There were miracles popping all over that place. God proving himself, God doing things that only God can do, God saying things that only God can say. But listen to me, that's not over. It didn't end with that church. We're a part of the same church. What I want to do today as we keep talking about this is get into some more of the practicalities of how we reverence God. Because I believe that the way we conduct ourselves in church is directly connected to what we get out of church. The way we come to church influences the way we leave church. What we come with has everything to do with what we leave with. And if we come with reverence, then I believe that that honor is like an open door for God to pour His presence out through And without realizing it a couple of weeks ago, we started a new series. And I don't think I've really put it all together till late last night, early this morning. But I'm calling this series, Reverence on the Rise. Reverence on the Rise. And what I mean by that is as our reverence comes up, so does the manifestation of the glory of God. And what this series is about is about walking in an ever-increasing degree of the fear of the Lord and the manifested presence of God that pours through the open door of our honor. He said, those who honor me, what would he do? Honor them. But right on the other hand, he said, those who despise me, and we use that word despise like I hate that, but that's really not what it means. He said, those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. To despise something just simply means not to take it seriously, not to give any weight to it, not to give any honor to it. And God's saying, look, if you honor me, that's an open door for me to honor you. But if you don't give any weight to my things, I can't give any weight to yours. So there's got to be some practical ways that you and I reverence and honor God because it's got to go. It's got to be more than just I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I honor you, I honor you, I honor you, I honor you. You're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome. Now those things are great to say, but are you with me? It's got to be more than that, right? Yeah. It's got to be more than that. So let's talk some about how we reverence the things of God. Go to the uh, Old Testament with me and look in the book of Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26 Well, thank you, Lord. How do you want to do this? Hold your place in Isaiah chapter 26 and go to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, the first verse says, Hear, my children, the instructions of a father. I got a front row full of kids right here. Is everybody listening? All right, he's talking to you. Hear my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention. Everybody say, give attention. attention. We might say, pay attention. Give attention, he said, to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you. Love her. She will keep you. Who will? Wisdom. He said wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her. She will promote you. She will bring you honor. When you embrace her, she will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. He said it again, verse 10, hear my son and receive my sayings. And what's going to happen? The years of your life will be many. He said, I've taught you in the way of wisdom. I've led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. He said, listen again, turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path, notice this, verse 18, listen. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness, they do not know what makes them stumble. I want you to look at verse 20. My son give attention to my words." Is that like the third time or so that he's said, my son, pay attention. My son, pay attention. My son, pay attention. This is starting to sound a lot like some conversations my parents and I had. I used to think, you know, the Proverbs were, you know, a lifetime of instruction from a father to a son. And then as a teenager, I started to realize this may have been one lecture. This might have been one 31 chapter lecture because I felt like I sat through a few of those. But if you're a parent, then you know that through the course of any given conversation, you may have to say to your child, hey, 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 right here, right here. And you talk and you talk and you talk. But what happens for the child? Attention starts to drift. And what do you have to do as a parent? Draw the attention back. Draw the Hey, listen, listen, my son. Hey, 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 pay attention, pay attention. You know, as well as I do, if you're a parent, that you've got to do these things with your children. The Lord has to do them with us. Listen to what he said in verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to their flesh. Now, for years, growing up in a house that believed in healing and preached healing and, and stood in faith for healing for our own bodies and for other people, this was one of our go-to scriptures. I mean, it spells it out plain here. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And there was an emphasis on my son, uh, pay attention to my words, uh, incline your ear to my sayings. And that's good. It's right. But have you ever noticed that you can take a single statement? And this is a real key in meditation. Just take a scripture from the word. And as you meditate on it, even if it's just one statement, go through it over and over and over again and put emphasis on a different word each time and watch the way that whole statement changes and comes to life. And that's a good way to get everything out of it. Let me just move the emphasis in this one statement from the word words or sayings to another place. And you tell me if it's, if it adds a level of meaning to you, listen to this. My son, give attention to my words, give attention to my words words incline your ear to my sayings you know what that does for me is it causes me to realize that my father is not the only one talking he's not the only one trying to get my attention are you following me we live in a loud world You've noticed that, haven't you? There are other places just in in these same uh, pages in the book of Proverbs. The first chapter, he writes and talks about how the voice of wisdom calls aloud outside and in the marketplaces. And the Amplified says, in the noisy intersections. Well, what is an intersection? It's a place where you change directions. It's a place in the road where you have a choice to make. Which path am I taking? Which way am I going? And what we find out about those intersections is that they're noisy. And we know what that's like, right? I mean, you can, you can come to an intersection out in the middle of the country somewhere, and it's nothing but a flashing red light and a couple of dirt roads, and nobody's out there or has been out there for days, weeks on end. But there's a difference between that intersection and something downtown Denver, right, at peak traffic time, where you've got roads and highways crossing and hundreds, if not thousands of people all converging on it at one time. And that's why uh, property right there is so expensive, right? The exposure. And that's why you see signs up. And that's why you see lights flashing. And that's why people are are selling property right there. And it's expensive. They want to be where the, the crowd is. And it can be a little more distracting. Are you hearing me? Distracting in that kind of environment. And that's what he's saying where wisdom is stationed. That's where the voice of the wisdom of God is crying out in the noisy intersections. And now that's why you understand that the father's having to say, pay attention to my words. Is anybody following me on this? Pay attention to what I'm saying. Why? Because there's a bunch of other people saying a bunch of other stuff, but my words are the only ones that lead to life. Mm-hmm. My words are the only ones so that'll good. be healing yeah. to your flesh. Right. Come on. Hey, boy, pay attention. Here. Look, 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 look. And it's like talking to a child, and they're with you for a little bit. And then they just start to drift. <laughs> and then they start to wander. A child or your husband, whatever. I don't know. You... <laughs> but what has to happen? The attention has to be regained. Now I, I haven't changed subjects. We're still talking about the fear of the Lord, right. the fear of the Lord, and the the worshipful, worshipful, reverential awe of who He is. Says, your words matter most. I give weight and value and honor to your word." And you know, you stand at that crossroads maybe more often than you realize, particularly when there's a need that's come up in your life, in any area, spirit, soul, body, materially, financially, and you've got maybe symptoms that are just screaming at you. Maybe you've got a diagnosis written down on a piece of paper, from a guy with a bunch of initials behind his name because of all his education and all his schooling and you've got this talking to you and this says, this is what you have and this is how long you've got. You've got a choice to make. Mm -hmm. Whose word do you give weight to? Because there is another word. There is another word. There is a word that says, by his stripes, you are healed. So you have an option right now. Whose word do I give weight to? And through the fear of the Lord, that is to say, Father, I give weight to your word more than I do any other. Amen. Yeah. And then that's not to say that some other person who said something, they, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm not talking about being rude or mean or to somebody else. All I'm talking about is giving honor to one place in one place only. Yeah. My son, attend to mine, mine. Hey, boy, come here. I'm talking. Mm, that's good. I'm talking. Give weight to my words. Okay. Do you still have your place there in Isaiah? Yeah. Look at this with me in Isaiah chapter 26. The prophet Isaiah is speaking here to God, to the Father, and he said to him in verse 3, You... Will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is, read it out loud with me, stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts you. Anybody like the sound of perfect peace? We read that in the book of Acts chapter 9 about those churches. All those churches, Judea, Galilee, Samaria, remember this? They all had peace. Peace. Peace is one of the things that's supposed to define us. In a world that is completely void of it, you and I are supposed to be walking around with an abundance of it. More than enough, not just for us, but for them too. A peace that passes all understanding. A peace that you have when it makes no sense for you to have that kind of peace. Walking in peace, laying down and going to sleep in peace, living in peace. The, your peace level and mine are supposed to be high, high, high all the time, all the time, all the time. And it's supposed to be one of those things that makes us who we are. And he said that church, those churches, they all were experiencing that kind of peace. Well, you, hear, you see here, the result of, or, or, or the, the reason you have that kind of peace, he said he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you.